Hi, you're listening to Life in the Brand Lane with the brand guys, Finn and Ron. This is an irreverent look at rock music in brands and brands in rock music. This is a podcast produced by Fresh. Fresh brings you smart thinking for your business problems. was Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band from 1976, Night Moves. I'm Finn and this is Ron. We're on Life in the Brand Lane. Hey Ron, how are you doing? It's good to be here, Finn. It's good to be here. Good. Well, I tell you what, I love that song and it's one of the key themes that we've been looking at around storytelling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, last show we kind of mucked about with methodology and mythology yeah. and tonight I know we're going to look at that creativity and commercialism yes yes I mean it, it's a it's a, a fine line and often a kind of tenuous and uh, there's a lot of tension there with artists in terms of you know the, the pure musicality of the work, but wait a minute, I want to sell this stuff, so how do I package it up as a brand, and then am I selling out, but I, you know, but I don't think it has to be that way, in some of the examples we've looked at, it can beautifully be layered together, so it's all adding value, all of the time, it's not just necessarily uh, about, you know, selling out and making money, it's about building a brand, and that's engaging over time. So, so you know, and we talked about uh, the album cover design, the artwork, the experience of the concert, and, and promoting it, and all of those things. But if the if the tone of voice and how you go about it, if you're comfortable with that, uh, then you, then you're still an artist, mm-hmm. to my mind. Yeah. You know, you just you you just uh, doing what you love, and you're making money doing doing that. There's a great story, I don't know if you know it, behind Bob Seeger and exactly no. that, right. um, around commercialisation. And sure. Bob was a, one of these classic um, artists that it had taken him six years to be an overnight success. Right. So with this album, you know, 75, 76, he actually hit the scene and then was a great artist with the Silver Bullet Band, did really well. It's a great brand name. Yeah, no, it's cool. What, what a right. group. And commercial opportunities kept on coming to us. Yeah. So in particular, yeah. um, Chevrolet. Yes. Um, yes. Chevy Trucks. Yeah. They yeah, yeah. knew how powerful oh, uh, Bob yeah. would be if he brought some of his music to them. And right, right. I mean, it becomes a soundtrack for, for that brand. And I mean, it's a brand alliance. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you... you I mean, you should join the rest of the dots in that story. I mean, when when was that? He did that. How long did he? So they were trying to to pull him in. I think for you know a long time through his kind of uh, the height of his career, uh-huh. and eventually uh-huh. they put an extra knot on the check. From what I understand, right. and he was like, oh. "Yeah, Chevy trucks are great." <laughs> um, so go and go and yeah. check out the adverts. Yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're brilliant. They're of their time, uh-huh. but they're very functional. You know, it's about uh-huh. um, as hard as a rock. Um, uh, your truck that lasts uh, and is so powerful, uh-huh. but then you put this soundtrack along with the visuals, uh-huh. and all of a sudden there's something much more emotional. Yeah, and really, really great ads. And um, yeah. I think it ran for a long time. You know, using that um, 
using the um, Bob Seger soundtrack to, to back those up. Yeah, and like like we've talked about, we'll talk about movies and music and, and, and so on. But there's uh, that's adding other dimensions to what what car brand did you say it was it Chevy? Chevy trucks. Chevy, Chevy trucks. Yeah, it's the trucks. It's real uh, macho. It's real uh, uh, Americana. You uh, know, it's um, there's it, a perfect fit there. Perfect yeah, fit. Uh, it's you all that heavy functional durability stuff, but. With Seeger, you've got, yeah, macho man, but macho romantic man with heart, you know, and intellect. And all of those dimensions rub off on, on the, the Chevy brand. I'd say that Bob's the dominant brand. But we'll also talk about um, uh, recognition and recall. A lot of people knew that song. A lot of people in the target audience for the Chevy truck. Uh, didn't have the money for that then, but they do now. And yeah, there's a lot going on there. And Bob's probably reached a, a point of, you know, the zenith of awareness where, where that zero is meaningful. And yeah, this is not selling out. This is, yeah, it's a brand. So, okay. Uh, I, th- I think you're right. And it's it's a nice way of putting it that <laughs> so he was he, he is actually quite a romantic soul, but I think, yeah. you know, your truck driver is kind of comfortable with, yeah. with Bob and it's almost touches into that country sure. doesn't it it's, I mean that night moves it's, yeah. it's a real ballad yeah. it's a real story yeah. you know yeah. um, uh, fantastic but particularly in the States those guys and you know radio in the States they're going to be listening to that type of music for those long haul runs so I mean it seamlessly fits with you know all of that lifestyle yeah, stuff that we've talked yeah. about Okay, on to my life for yeah. a second. The last couple of <laughs> slots, um, uh, I've done my grumpy old man yes, there, and you were, yes, you were yeah. laughing at me. Well, well I'm right. calling it Fins In, and so um, a couple of weeks ago, I, uh-huh. I was in the Hard Rock Cafe, but uh-huh. here's a public shout-out to you. Hey, thanks for getting me those tickets to go to the gig. It's not my usual uh-huh. gig. Uh-huh. Um, across the road here, we're broadcasting from mm-hmm. um, Radio Cali here just now. And uh, we went to the Glasgow Concert Hall. Yes, we did. And I really appreciate that. So it was Inside Out series, and it was Mm -hmm. like educational entertainment, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unpacking Beethoven's Seventh Symphony. That was it, yeah. um, Around, uh, like us, there's a a bit of a um, a birthday celebration, I think, isn't it? Yeah, was it 240, 250? 250, yeah. He's wearing rather well. In uh, a tremendous kind of format and style of um, sort of playing, uh, juxtaposed with uh, not not the what inspired, but the, the more the mechanics of, of how the piece was built, uh, which was very interesting. And I mean, both the the conductor and, and you know the guy Tom uh, Redmond, who yes, was the presenter, yes. he brought so much value yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, he, he knows. The stuff inside out. So he's storytelling around and in the piece. And he, it's almost like you become, we talked about brand experience, you become immersed, not only orally, but you're al- almost in the music. And actually, some audience members were in the orchestra. Yeah, what an experience. Right. So, and I mean, so Beethoven, the brand. One of the things we talked about is how brands can evolve and change. So one of the things is that, that Beethoven revitalizes because, hey, hey, I'm actually in the music. 
Mm-hmm. No, even just listening to, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in you too. That'll be the next thing. Maybe it's, you know, Bonner's going to take his time with that. But, uh, yeah, well, let's see it. The backstage passes. But mm-hmm. what I really picked up on as well, that they were really building a tribe, weren't they? You mm-hmm. know, we were so connected with the orchestra that we're going to go and evangelize about the venue, which is yeah. brilliant, but also RSA no, um, yes. you know, uh, the orchestra yes. there, and, and they built up a really nice atmosphere great. between us and, and them. Great rapport, great dialogue, and what I noticed, and I'm sure you did too, uh, it was inclusive. There were kids there, there was a school group there, there were older uh, people, there was international, there were people from afar. And so it wasn't saying the old school idea of classical music that, well, it's for a particular uh, discreet tribe, you know, the, 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 it, it, was, it was an open invitation for all to enjoy you know, Beethoven, which I think is very healthy. Yeah, so know. loved it. Thank you again. You're welcome. Listen, we're going to jump about, money. yeah, oh yeah, um, we're going to jump about a little bit from yeah. continents and uh, yeah. decades, so we're going to hitch a ride across the pond now. So there we are, transported across to Boston through the centuries and the decades. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know Ron, you want to talk about the makeup, the dynamic of brands um, and mm. we've got a few with iconic front men coming up yes. in the show yes. um, but Tom Schultz kind of more behind the scenes obviously yeah. very interesting character tell us tell us more about him and the band well I think that particular album it's maybe been surpassed now but I think it's 1976 was the highest selling debut album of, of then all time uh I mean, sonically, there's just very few records that can compete with that. Behind the scenes, I mean, there's two things. Well, there's many things going on. I mean, you get Brad Delp singing, you get a signature, you know, uh, style there. But you get Tom, you get Tom Scholes, and uh, that sort of uh, saturated melodic distortion of layered and layers mm. of guitars. Really distinctive. No one sounds like that. I mean, Brian May, we're going to talk about later, does a similar thing, but it's, it's, it's Brian May. So, so I mean, and he he was really all about the music, and uh, he wanted the music to speak for itself, and, and, and it was less about that sort of front man sort of posturing and posing, and, and which had been done and, and continues to be, to be done. But if you begin to look at the band, and then from the success... Of the first record, the second record, Don't Look Back, and the third record, they came back after we break, the third stage, which was number one again. You begin to see, well, there's a storytelling aspect to it. And it was about man's journey through life. You know, it was kind of like the Essica poem and these types of things. But the the idea being, if you look at the album cover, that, that Boston is a city within a guitar, it's a spaceship, and it's traveling, and it's learning, and it's all... All of this. So there are multiple layers and multiple values. And like we talked about with Eddie Van Halen and his album, uh, the 5150, the, the amplifier range and guitar range. I mean, Tom was from MIT, engineer. He's a clever super, guy. super clever guy. So he had the, 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 the Rockman, it's a guitar effect to sound like. I, you know, I tried it. I don't think it does. I think, you know, you, he's burning valves and amps and layers of things for, for, for that record. 
It's it's a wonderful record. But I mean, they they're phenomenal uh, brand over time. Interestingly, they kind they kind of like brands do. You know, Levi's is going up and down, and Apple's going up and down. Boston, one, two, three, and then it kind of stutters and loses a little. And, you know. There's there's a change of personnel. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not an expert mm-hmm. here, but I understand that the record label didn't really right. want another kind of singer-songwriter, I don't know, maybe like Jerry Rafferty, who yeah, we're going to yeah, talk Jerry's about later. Yeah. So they kind of took... Tom out of the limelight and said, no, let's make this a band. And yeah. that's a kind of a positioning or it's a brand decision almost, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, bands at that time, that, that you know, it's normalisation. That's the expected norm. That, you know, there's five guys or four guys or Cream that was three guys or mm-hmm. James guy. But it's that tribal kind of outlaw gang. We talked about the Eagles. So, so the audience is... Uh, would would uh, resonate uh, with that as opposed to the yeah it's you no know, the one man and the guitar the Eric Clapton thing well Eric's doing that you know and Jerry Rafferty's doing his thing so may- maybe we could steer you this way so I mean I I think you know knowing some of the background he he would be frustrated with that a little but yeah yeah. But but there was a, a kind of group of bands there, or certainly I grouped them in in my mm-hmm. mind. Uh, they became known as adult orientated rock. Yeah, AO, AOR, AOR, Ario Speedwagon, Total. yeah, so Survivor, yes. exactly. Yeah, and yeah. they're kind of faceless, great bands, great mm-hmm. songs. It's interesting, it's interesting. Um, but so what we're going to do is we're going to move on, and we're going to get you to pull out your notebook or mm-hmm. notebooks. <laughs> and, and talk about, um, and maybe we can kind of yes. classify well. a little bit between the the band as a uniform group and a differentiated yeah. sort of band. Yeah, what are your sure. thoughts on that? Well, I, I mean, if you go with, if I'm reading you right, you know, the, the, those bands I think were were more okay. It's going to be the music that is going to be the core. It's more about the essence. We understand about image and promotion, but the music will carry the day. Uh, whereas I think, you know, guys like Van Halen with David Lee Roth said, well, the, not only is the music going to carry the day, but we're going to amp it up even further with the, with the image stuff. Because, and so did ACDC. Too, yeah, uh, yeah, with the persona uh, stuff. They yeah. would do that, and I mean, if I'm reading you right, you you go the other way, and it's okay. You can do what you like, and we talk about the doors later. I mean, Jim becomes the brand ambassador. Bono becomes the brand ambassador. The, there's a, Jim Morrison the, as your brand ambassador. <laughs> yeah, 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 and maybe he's not going to. You're not going to be in the soundtrack for the for the automobile, but uh, Coppola is going to have him in Apocalypse That's right. Now. It's counter yeah, yeah. culture, sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that type of thing, and I know that we're maybe going to come up with Queen. I mean, Queen, you know, you get that. There's almost this recognized kind of Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid stuff going on with lead singers and lead guitar players. So with Freddie Mercury and Brian May. And you know, with with David Coverdale and maybe you know he's had a whole host of you guys, John Sykes sure. and Steve Vine and so on, uh, and 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 so that becomes the Bono and 
the edge, you know, all of that type of stuff. Even Springsteen with Nels Lofren and, and, and those types, it's quieter, but it's there. And uh, with, you know, different bands, that, so, so they're using all of their assets to say, hey, you know, this is, this is unique to us. But you began to see there are commonalities in how these brands are positioning themselves. And the other guys like Toto, Dave Lee Roth talked about this. He said, you might you might recognize Lukather, but who are all these other guys? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of faceless, but the, the music is carrying it more than the, the, the individual in their identity, like Bowie or something like that. So I'm going to introduce a band here that I, they were absolutely my favorite band uh-huh. for a certain period in time. And all of those issues or, or ideas are within that yeah. queen we're going to listen to a queen yeah, track yeah. and you know a, a really strong four piece with some of those elements that you're talking about right. we're going to go back to 74 so you know a couple of albums in and there's a huge evolution then through the 70s <laughs> and into the 80s right. a reinvention around right. live aid right. and, and, right. uh, and freddie and so on um, Freddie's not quite got his prominence actually in, in 74 although he's important but there's yeah. some absolutely amazing work from Brian here, Brian May here in Brighton Rock Cool. so there we are Queen from Sheer Heart Attack 1974 mm-hmm. Brian May up to some serious tricks <laughs> there and, and Freddie started to come to his come to the fore Ron, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump back into the huh. 60s now in this okay. band. The Doors is huh. often a reference point for some of the classic rock. Sure. And obviously Jim Morrison as the front man. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of people use him as a, a reference point or um, hero. Certainly. Jim Morrison and The Doors, Ron, I've not told a lot of people this it's a long time ago but our old cover band at school well that's not true we wrote some originals um, and yes I was at the mic we covered the Doors track uh, 521 Baby and yes I have been seen working walking uh, through Perlachez Cemetery I was a bit of a bit of a fan of, of old Jim but in contrast to Freddie yes yes contrast to Freddie wow that's a big thing I mean I think uh Jim, you know, time has a lot to do with it and the timing of it. But Jim's a good-looking guy, and he becomes, uh, at that time, he and himself, his, his image, he becomes an icon if you start to look at the album covers. And, of course, and we talked about tuning into things that are of significance. I mean, he's a rebel. He's sometimes a little out of control. There was some controversy. Was, yeah. You know, there's, and I know we're on Radio Cali. I mean, he's 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 playing around with different things, and uh, some of that spells out and spells over, and that notoriety all adds to the the zest and the, the intrigue and the curiosity uh, with with the the band. Uh, all of that said, you know, he's a poet. You know, some some of that. Yeah, I mean. Uh, and he's talking about you know meaningful things and essential themes and uh, and there's longevity in that mm-hmm. you know people will, will will revisit that so so, so there's again this multifaceted there's these multiple layers 
uh, the the gem is bringing. Uh, Freddy uh, is his own uh, guy, but I mean, you, you look at how Freddy works in audience in the posturing, in the stage presence. No of, one better. Uh, well, I mean, and how he uses uh, it's almost baton like the microphone, mm-hmm. and you know he he's playing around with. Uh, we talked about brands having emotional engagement. He connects with an audience. I mean, particularly live, and you can see it. he's organically very, very good, very good at that. But he, he, he's uh, he has a presence. I mean, you talked about. Did you mention Live Aid? Yeah, uh, briefly. Uh, I mean, we'd yeah. been listening to Queen prior right. to that, yeah. but they totally came back right, and right, reinvented themselves. Right. That performance right. from Freddie in particular yeah. opened them up. They didn't go completely poppy, but they became more yeah. mainstream. Yeah. And we obviously love Highlander, the movie, oh, yeah. and, and they evolved yeah. into yeah. into that. I mean, that, yeah. that was a great album. Well, you get, I think two two quick comments. I mean, Live Aid is for a wonderful cause, so it's significant. And then you have a world audience. And I mean, they're just a great, great band. And it's a wonderful you know, collision of it's the perfect alignment of stars and boom, that's Queen. Clapton did the same thing. I think Queen maybe stole the, uh, the day. And after that, yeah, the Highlander thing, they'd done Flash, Flash Gordon. I mean, if you listen, you watch the movie without Queen, yeah, it's okay. You watch it with Queen, it's a good movie. Yeah, like Highlander. Scores, yeah. Totally bring something. And I mean, it's a kind of magic and all of that that type of stuff with Christophe Lambert and Sean Connery. I mean, I know that... Lots of different places. That's right. And I mean, and, and the, of course, you get grand storytelling in the movie with the soundtrack, you get MTV and music video. So you have narrative where, where both products, it's multi-platform, you know, it's, it's what they're doing now with brand storytelling and, and different... Uh, ways to tell it but all of all of the parts are playing a part so you're buying the queen record you're going to the movie you know i mean it's that's right stuff, and you yeah. actually wanted you you were waiting to see their videos weren't you that was almost as yeah. exciting as the as the album came out yeah and i think you know guys like innovators like peter gabriel surpassed that with sledgehammer with the creativity so it, be, it became an art form in its own as well as the music, you know, it was it was there originally to pitch the music, to package the music, and then suddenly, oh well, I, actually the video, Zizi Tom, you know, huge run with with revitalizing, uh, you know, the Eliminator album. It's not heavy Texas blues; it's progressive. <laughs> yeah, another <laughs> band rock. That, uh, been working hard uh, for fifteen years oh, to yeah. have that overnight success. Yeah. And to another generation. Yeah, but the, the band and the brand evolved to be relevant, to to have an audience. Yeah. And so again, you're back to the idea we talked about Marty Dumeier, that, that you know the, the brand is liquid, it's not fixed. The essence is there, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm going to play around about that. So, yeah, it's important. It's important. So listen, we're going to go back 200 years again oh, now, goodness. and this is our right. classical and our classic. Um, we went along and heard uh, um, seven symphonies yes. unpacked, but this is the classic, and we're, we're talking about film scores now. Mm-hmm. So many um, films and, and mm-hmm. uh, commercials have, have used have used this. So let's sit back and enjoy. Cool. 
Thank you very much, Beethoven. And you know what? Sometimes it looks like we've planned this show because that's actually the Boston Symphony Orchestra ah, and it all falls together. It's a good link. Now, we call that little section mm-hmm. classical and a classic. So we're going to follow up with a classic. And some of these classics that we're playing, we seem to be stuck in a bit of a rut run, round about 76, 1977, <laughs> 1978. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. we've not even, we've certainly not hit um, this century uh, yet. But yet. are yeah. we going to be listening to Stairway to Heaven? to Hotel California and Baker Street in in 200 years? Yes, it's a, it's a firm yes. I mean, these these are classic pieces of of work, of music. Are, are you going to be wearing Nikes when you're listening to them? There's a good chance. Are you going to be listening to it on, a, on an Apple device that lets you pull up a virtual album sleeve and walk through it and, and maybe step into a concert that they they perform, you bet you. you yeah, know? I mean, that's yeah, not yeah. that far away, no, is it, the no, way no, things no. Are, are moving just now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I mean, the, the enduring appeal, um, and I was reading, you know, Francis Ford Coppola was talking about you know, Apocalypse Now and so on. I mean, if, if you're talking about uh, sort of these big themes uh, morality and, and so on. He, he talked about you know, Greek mythology and so on. He said there's a good chance that it's going to endure because the, these are kind of essential themes that we revisit. Uh, and so you begin to get, oh, the importance of, of storytelling. And I mean, if, if one is talking about these themes within songs or pieces of music, you know, the Victorian's uh, triumph and the Fifth Symphony Beethoven's going to overcome. I mean, it's to be or not to be. It's, it's Shakespeare's big themes. Sure. Star Wars is the, it's archetypal, the, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then we're into all of your stuff with Young and uh, yeah, uh, Joseph Campbell's talked about it uh, as well in the Journey of the Hero. So, yes, uh, we're going to revisit. We, we revisit the same stories, the same themes, the same brands. Yeah. We like that. We like the security of knowing you're going to deliver, but sometimes they're packaged just a wee bit different, so it's new and interesting. Star Wars is, is just that. See, it's journey and tale, and yeah, the rebels and, and all the rest of yeah. it. It's, it's just the same story for a different same, age. Same film, same thing again, and wow, let's go see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say so. And Bradford, the you know, we're going to play Baker Street. Yeah. And um, it's an interesting story in the song. You can see yourself, or I've seen, certainly seen myself in the song. The City to City, the yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was a real, he's a storyteller, isn't he? Almost in the old-fashioned way, you know, he was a well, real Celt from a Celtic family. Right. They all sang and, right. and right. you know, told stories and so on, from what yeah. I understand. And you get him with... with you know, Billy, Billy Cotton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of that stuff. And interestingly, Jerry didn't like to play, didn't like the live scene, so he, he's not doing the posturing like Freddie. But he's letting the music save the, or not save the day, but it does carry the day. But interestingly, I mean, also the album cover artwork, I think it's John Patrick, is it Byrne? Byrne? 
the Scottish guy, yeah, yeah. forgive me, is beautiful. I mean, so you've got a lot of those, like the Boston album cover. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of the elements and layers of branding going on. Uh, but okay, so Jerry doesn't like to to go and, and do it live. So no, it's I mean, even Jerry down to the shades. Or what? He, yes. he was quite introverted, yeah. Yeah. but obviously, you know, the, the stories like really quite powerful yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. And you know his demons and so on come through yeah. in the in the stories, yeah. the songs. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we talked about Glenn Fry and the Eagles. That I mean, maybe the the music is your therapist. It's your reflection. It's it's part of your identity. We talked about that. That you're building aspects of self, and and maybe you're exploring aspects of self. And things resonate for different reasons. But one one of them. Uh, yes, it's how it sounds. Uh, yes, it's how how it looks. But what does this mean? So, you, so you're deeply processing the the lyrics and the story and the, the characters, and so there's value in that. Yeah. So and so you touched on it there. I mean, yeah. we we can't uh, play this track without referencing right. how it sounds. I mean, I love the story. Well, the storytelling. Well, yes. Obviously, mm-hmm. the sax, but you know what? I mean, this is a classic, so mm-hmm. like Stairway and Hotel, give it its yes. due, absolutely amazing. Yes. We focus on the sax, but you know what? I love the guitar solo it's at the end of this track. one of the greatest guitar solos that's, that's recorded. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Um, it's, it, it's Rafferty's music you know i don't know if you've oh, ever yeah, heard yeah. the show when yeah, yeah. Um, we hear his his demo yeah Robert, and yeah. he plays the sax solo he's 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 it's beethoven he's, he's the conductor yeah. and forgive me i forget it's a scottish guy played the guitar but very much like tom squall uh, no one's making records that sonically sound like that you know it's unique in terms of of the expanse of sound and how it comes in and how things fold and fade into each other and the dynamics of it. So, I mean, you get a unique experience when you're listening to that kind of uh, record. So, We live in a branded universe. You've been listening to the soundtrack of our lives and your life. Life in the Brand Lane. For information on future episodes, visit fresh.biz or find us on soundcloud.com. Thanks for listening.